0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutela to Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show.
1: Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football. Now, Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Coulter and I pick our favorite players from the Northwest Division of the NBA. We hear from the head coach of the Montana volleyball team, Allison Lawrence, and part two of our conversation with the program director at the Trail 103.3, Robert Chase. Hi, how are you? Happy Friday, boys and girls. It is Two-Telling Newanas coming to you on your radios across Western Montana, 1029ESPN.com, and all Across the state on SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you. Thanks for letting us hang out with you on this very nice Friday afternoon, heading into a uh, mid, getting toward late June weekend. How about all that? If you'd like to listen live, you're not near your uh, phone, your computer, your uh, uh, radio. You can listen on the World Wide Web on your computers, your tablets. I guess you can do that on the phone too. Now they're very, very high end these phones.
0: Now, what did you tell uh, your wife the other day? I don't know. Your phone is a more advanced computer than the computer you actually own.
1: Except for me, uh, who this was spanking new, ninety-nine bucks about five years ago. (laughs) Uh, So. Anyway, very, very high-techy I am. You can tell by the way I talk. 1029ESPN.com. You go there to the website. You listen live all the time on the stream. The stream is available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. On the show today, day five of counting down our favorite players by NBA franchise. We're going through division by division. We get into the Northwest Division now. The Timberwolves, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, et cetera. So we will uh, go through that here off the start, but we got... Uh, A a jam-packed show today With a whole bunch of guests First we're going to have Allison Lawrence Who is the head Volleyball coach At the University of Montana Heading into her fourth year As the head coach uh, Of the Grizz volleyball team And really uh, starting to turn the tide uh, for uh, for Montana volleyball. It was some lean years going back while she was an assistant coach uh, from 2010 on, and uh, a lot needed to change As she gets into in our conversation. We were happy to have it with her uh, on Zoom, and I think you'll find it you know pretty intriguing about how you know changing the culture of a program and what goes into that and the work that goes into that, and sometimes. A lot of work that doesn't bear initial fruit, but then when it starts to, it's pretty exciting. So we look forward to having uh, and bringing you that conversation. We also will have part two of our conversation with Robert Tra- uh, Chase of The Trail 103.3. He's the program director, morning show host there. If you weren't with us on Wednesday, he was the subject of our ESPN roundtable. But it was such a long and interesting conversation that we had, we had to cut it in half. Uh, we had him on, by the way, because he's a lifelong Cardinals fan and was living in Chicago, doing radio in Chicago in 1998, uh, and uh, and so was going to a ton of Cubs games, ton of Cardinal Cardinal games, and was in it, you know, in in the the apex of everything that was going on, particularly Maguire and Sosa coming out of uh, last Friday or last Sunday, excuse me, thirty for thirty on ESPN, long gone summer. So that was the impetus of the conversation with Robert. We will bring you part two today. We also, of course, every Friday. Our dear friend Carolyn stops by, and uh, who who knows what the Chicka Dutton No Sports is going to tell us today? So we'll find out soon enough, all together, won't we? So there you go. That is our show outlook. On Fridays, we like to have uh, a nice little moment to uh, kick this thing off in the right direction. So it is our Florence Coffee Company coffee break today, Coulter. A toddy coffee. A toddy. If, what's that if mean? This isn't the day for it. It's an iced coffee. Okay. Is essentially what it is. But it's their iced brew. Oh, it's brewed overnight, like eighteen hours. They brew this thing oh, overnight. Oh boy, nice and smooth. Oh, and I might say, oh, boy.
0: nice and strong. You're 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 really setting yourself up for failure on this Father's Day weekend.
1: Why is that? Because because
0: you're gonna stare at the ceiling, and then your kids are gonna wake you up early tomorrow nah. and the next day.
1: No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You're going to have some fatigue. No, I mean, this is, believe me, you know, you were asking me earlier, you okay? You you seem a little drained. We'll tell people what you're up to. (laughs) And I said, you know what? I'm fine. I just, I need to eat. But you know what else I needed? I needed some coffee is what I needed. And this has put me in such a much better mood. These are the sort of days where a little afternoon Joe does you right. So, hey. You're driving around Western Montana. Believe me, you are close to a Florence Coffee Company kiosk right now. Go in there. Try the toddy coffee, especially on a nice warm day. It is spectacular, refreshing, crisp, and uh, awful tasty, I must say. I'm very happy with this one here. So enjoy. Cheers. Happy Florence Coffee Company. And my coffee Americanos, break. delicious. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for setting me up. You got it. Um,. Coulter, you and I, uh we got we got a bunch to get to so we don't have a ton of time, but
0: you <laughs> We actually have the exact same amount of time as we always have. I know, we always have more things to We, touch we don't on. have
1: we don't have, we don't have more time to well to talk, which yeah, is what right. we're here to do. Right, right, right. Uh, but we uh played in the Grizzly uh football golf
0: scramble earlier today. The Gene Brosovich Invitational, which is I don't know if it's still called that. It was always called that. I don't know if it was today. No one could answer that question for me. But either way, it's the big Grizz Quarterback Club football fundraiser, so and it we was, saw,
1: saw all the all the boys. Everybody was there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Great our, time. Our thanks to uh, to to them for hosting, and uh, particularly Sean Sean Rainey and Ben Weinman, who were our playing partners and also the invitees for us to go. Uh, and we had we had a ton of fun, uh, enjoyed chopping it up on many of the par threes with many of the coaches who were not playing. Several of the coaches were playing who we didn't see as much of because you're, well, on the course doing it. But uh, many conversations to be had that were a lot of fun and uh, it was a great day out at Canyon River. Had a blast out there uh, playing playing the course today. And uh, fun just seeing it, man. It's, it's nice to see people in a relaxed element you no know no you, you, know, no you do you do things professionally all the time and so forth and so on but to to be out there and just sort of you know chopping it up is uh is, is a good time and so uh we played uh you know we played in the Bobcat grandma had a bunch of fun doing that as well and uh, fun to do this
0: one today Ken Rivers in beautiful condition Man, isn't isn't it? It is it's it's in great shape and uh it was definitely an awesome awesome afternoon catching up with everybody. It's just fun to do stuff again, right? It is. I mean, I just, I, I, I it's always good to see people you haven't seen in a little while. Mm-hmm. But when you haven't seen all the people you always see, anyone, all of them, for, <laughs> for, for, you know, three months, and then yep. you see all of them, it's it's almost overwhelming. Well, but it, it, it was and, a great time. It was still, good time.
1: You know, it's still different from from. There wasn't a barbecue. You know, right. after the fact, right, they right. delivered lunches out there. Yep. You know, so there wasn't. Congregating, you know, and that kind of thing going on, so you get all that. But nonetheless, you get to drive by, you just talk to people, say what's up, lining up putts for each other, you had a good time. So, uh, you know, thanks. That was great. Uh, Coulter, we got to get it. We got to get to it here, man. Let's do it. The NBA. We've been going through the NBA by division, selecting our personal favorite players by franchise by first, team.
0: First of all, I have yes. to admit an error. Okay, we. Did the Southwest on Wednesday? Yeah, we put the Phoenix Suns in the Southwest. The Phoenix Suns are actually in the Pacific. Oh, thank goodness! We did not pick our favorite Spur. Okay. So when we pick the so the, all so, the Texas teams are in the same. Division. So when we pick the Pacific, Pacific on Monday, yeah. we will pick the Spurs as well. We did a, actually a pretty long bid on the Suns. There's there
1: there. If anybody noticed that. I mean, I wouldn't be amazed are the, the, you know, I give the folks who listen to the show a ton of credit because obviously they're the smartest group of folks that are out there. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, we uh, we did a little trivia last night, Coulter, and we had a, a lot of fun doing some uh, sports trivia after the show. And, you know, the the amount of things that some people know about some things is just remarkable. Right,
0: you, you know, and uh, so it wouldn't yeah.
1: surprise me if somebody was like, what are you doing this? Son? They're not in the, you know, right, stuff. right, but, right, right. But it also speaks to the relative irrelevance of the divisions. This is helpful for us and what we're doing, but it really does not matter. So let's roll. Okay, let's roll. I'm this. moving this. This is okay.
0: You now, folks, hate France. No, 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 no.
1: No, let me explain this. Now, people. I only
0: put that there for
1: we're you. Gonna, well, I'm going to pause for all of this. this. This is so different from what you think it is. Okay. Okay. One of our colleagues here at the radio station gave Coulter uh, the October 29th, 1962 Sports Illustrated.
0: Really cool. Very thoughtful gift.
1: It is a great gift. It is in pristine condition. It's inside a a little plastic bag here. It is Fran Tarkenton on the cover, live action shot under center with the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings in, in, in some game. Coulter consistently sits this up. But it doesn't stand up under its own right weight, and as a card collector, I am worried, honestly, it's that true. this is going it's to true. bend it's underneath true. the it's weight true. of it's this true. and not be good. Thank you that, for
0: your consideration.
1: It is a very cool thing, despite you know the team that's on the cover. It. sixty-two. You know, I wouldn't even alive. I can let it. I can let that slide. That's a cool thing, man. I don't want it to get messed up. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, let's go, Colter. What? Where do you? What team? Let's you want just to do go first. top to bottom. Denver Nuggets. Okay. The Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the, uh, fa- the
0: only ABA team in the French in the uh, in the division. My favorite Denver Nugget,
1: I'm pretty sure, is playing right now. You love him. The Joker. The joke. I mean, Nikola Djokic is as fun and atypical a player to watch as I can recall. You know who I mean, he doesn't remind me of this guy. Well, he, he does to some extent. Um but Arvidas Sabonis was a shocking revelation when he played in the NBA. Because I never you know, you'd never seen a big guy who could pass like that and so on and so forth.
0: And if our Vita Sabonis would have been playing when he was in his early twenties, like Jokic is now. No doubt. He's he's remembered well, but I mean Oh, he'd be. You're talking I mean, there was a moment in time where our Vita Sabonis was considered one of the great basketball players on planet Earth. He just wasn't in the NBA yet. That's right. Um and, I mean, and, that was the impetus for the Dream Team, and right? And they do
1: have some similarities, by the way. Jogic they do. They do. Uh, Savonis. But, but, but the main but thing, thing is...
0: Savonis was the impetus for the Dream Team, right? Yeah. I mean, Savonis' USSR team won the 88 gold medal in Seoul against a bunch of, quote-unquote, United States amateurs. Yeah. And they were like, well, that guy's a pro. We got to get our yeah. pros. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Dream Team, next Olympics.
1: But... The, the comparison for me isn't so much because their games are similar, though there is some a lot of that. I mean, there is inc- impeccable passing and, and all that, but it's just how different it looks when this guy plays the game, mm-hmm. like a sport that mm-hmm. has always mm-hmm. been athleticism and skill, yeah. which is still that, but it takes a completely different bag, so I love it. That said, my favorite nugget, if I'm going to go more historically, and it ain't going that far back, but... Kenneth Farid, I wow. love wow. watching Kenneth wow. Farid play some basketball. He, unbelievable athlete. I mean, just a monster athlete. leaper. And also, I don't know if this, I don't know him, I don't even know much about him, but his disposition on the floor was as, if I can say warm, as yeah. any player I've seen, always smiling, and I don't know if the smile was like, You know, uh, a malicious smile, like I'm going to get you. But it just—he—he was always grinning, appeared to be always happy, and then was just lifting off. Yeah. for several years, and uh, so I love watching Kenneth Fareed fill the lane and just play ball, man. It was fun for me to watch him play with the Nuggets. Yeah,
0: definitely one of the most high-motor players oh, of the modern for era. for sure. And it's actually fascinating how hard he fell off. Yeah, he fell Because he's not yeah. that old, and he didn't really get hurt. You know, he he played for the Nuggets for like seven or eight years. That and then system he, was, the system he that. was in with the Nuggets was yeah. great, and then when he signed with the Rockets – they wanted him to be that Clint Capella rim runner type guy, and yes. I don't really know why he couldn't fill the role there. It seemed like it was going to be a seamless transition, but it wasn't, and I don't really know why.
1: Well, he uh, he's playing, I believe, in China now, but uh, loved watching him play for the Nuggets. So no, that's, there you I, go.
0: that's a really good one. Okay, um, I have a handful of guys who were good but never great that I just love. And I think the guy I picked for the Nuggets is the guy that tops the list. Okay. That's Antonio McDice. Mm, okay. Antonio McDice, at his in his prime, was as fun of a guy to watch. I mean, I, I picked Stromile Swift for my Memphis Grizzlies guy. The same, same vein. Antonio McDice, when in the, I think it was either 99 or 2000, upper deck came out with these special edition cards. They called them the UD3s. Okay. You got three Three cards in a pack. One was the big picture. It was like a see-through card. One was uh, something about fast breaks, and one was the Jam Masters. Okay. And so they had – it was just special edition cards. All the big pictures were all the superstars, Allen Iverson, guys like that. Okay. The fast break guys, whatever. Then they had the, the Jam Masters, yeah, and they ha- it was all it was the 15 best dunkers in the league, but they had great stats on these cards. The Antonio McDice Jam Master, I will never forget that stat line. Antonio McDice, at six foot ten, two hundred and fifty pounds, had a forty-seven inch vertical, and according to this card, when he had a two step, so you get to take two steps into your leap. Yep. A 58 inch two step leap. I will never forget that. Okay. If you are 6'10 and you can jump five feet in the air, you can do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> I mean, you probably can. And
0: I've always, I thought about this with Blake Griffin a lot. I thought, I, and this is why I'm so hesitant to fully embrace Zion Williamson too, because I don't want them, I don't want him to fall apart like these other guys did. When you're that big and you can jump that high, it's not if, it's when. You're going to get hurt, yeah. Because if you're that high in the air and you land and you weigh that much, it's it's just detrimental to your body. But Antonio McDyess was, I mean, he was a he was a uh, all star and a borderline All NBA player until he blew his knee. He remade himself and became a baseline jump shooter and actually won a championship with the the Detroit Pistons. But at his best, at his peak. He was awesome. Celebrity
1: lookalikes. Like Chad Smith, Will Ferrell, you know, sure. that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonio McDice is always to me. Ben Brian McKnight. I mean, wow, these that's two a guys good one. Look, they just, I'm like, <laughs> man, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Oh man, I just it all every time I, I just, I every love, time I see either one of them, the other one is is there you, in you, my you mind. You
0: talk about franchise identity. The Nuggets have always had so many athletic, fast, really good guys. I mean, that's always the altitude plays into it, right? They they sign those type of guys. But That's why he can jump so high. I think that McDice really he was one of the quintessential guys. He just had it robbed from him because of okay. his injuries.
1: Coulter, during this time where we gotta be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Utah. There is and will only ever be one, and he is my favorite. I believe this is right, my favorite player in the NBA today. His name is Joseph Holworth Ingles. Oh, Jingles, Jingles is 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 he, a hero to me. He is your NBA archetype. Archetype, absolutely. He is. He is. He is. He's out there, just. Silly in the face of everyone. He's an antagonistic guy, but not in a bitter way. He's right. doing it in in a sort of fun, but still edgy, and still absolutely wants everything that you got sort of way. Hundred percent. And I he's such an Aussie, love it. And he's such an Aussie, and he's such a. I mean, he's out there stroking these. Southpaw threes where he's turned, I mean, almost completely perpendicular to the basket when he's shooting. He's so frumpy on the floor. He's got no idea that he looks like he's got no business being there. No clue. And he is glorious. And I laugh out. It's a comedy watching him play. And I love it. And he's, I mean, he's not a great NBA player, but he fills the role that he is supposed to fill excellently. So Duggan. he's I, I I
0: love Joe English. I love it love him I love it I love it I mean this is your team now this is one hundred percent your, I mean, I, your I, team I mean we've been doing this for five days now my favorite player in NBA history is Karl Malone. yeah and and Karl Malone is my favorite Utah Jazz no question about well, it I mean it would one would it's, assume it's, the other I mean the, the the all of it. I can't believe that Carl Malone is still somehow underrated. I was looking it was at, that was there ever a more? I mean, truly, truly. If you're talking about price of admission, who gives you a better ticket value night in and night out for a two decade span than Carl Malone? Well, y- you are never going to see anything less than twenty and ten, and if it's <laughs> a good night, it's thirty and fifteen. Literally every single night.
1: Um. I, I love Carl Malone. Let me ask you this. Bleacher Report has done these lists of top twenty five players in franchise history by franchise. Yep. They got Carl Malone two. John Stockton one. What do you think about
0: that? Because I, I I I mean I, I think that it's it's very interesting because I I, I I think John Stockton is the third best point guard ever. I think Karl mm. Malone, I think Carl Malone is I don't think he's in the top three power forwards ever. No, I think he's in the top six. Yeah, he's not he's Tim not Duncan in the top though. Three. He's not Tim Duncan though.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, who who else is up there though for power forwards? I mean, Moses Malone and Karl Malone are, are. That's a pretty good argument. Moses Malone has
1: two more rings. Yeah, I mean, there's Charles and there's I don't know what what you think about Kevin Garnett. Let's go. Let's
0: get into it. Okay, who's better, Charles Barkley or Karl Malone? Because I'm going Malone a hundred percent. Of course of you are,
1: but you're jaded. Um, I think that I, uh, this this is yeah, a this is a great a this is a great testament really to,
0: this is a great testament to my argument of transcendence. Actually, I think that Charles Barkley's two best seasons, which were his last season in Philadelphia and the season in in Phoenix when he won the NBA NBA MVP, yeah. are better than any seasons Karl Malone had. Mm-hmm. But Karl Malone has 15 better seasons after that than Charles Barkley. Yeah, I mean. I love Carl Malone not just because of what he did, but it's because you, it's because you of love my Carl Malone. Because
1: when he returned, or not, no, while he was still playing, he decided, you know what's my ride's going to be a semi truck. That's what I'm driving. And
0: around. he was on the W. He was makes, on. He was in professional yeah, wrestling. Yes, yes, but I mean, yes, yes. my dad's favorite player was Carl Malone, and right. that's the one sports thing that was passed on to me. Mm-hmm. And my dad always. I mean. Carl Malone was his favorite player, not just because of the biceps, not just because of the persona, but also because my old man always taught us show up to work every single day. Mm. Who showed up to work better than Carl Malone? Yeah, no. I mean, for real, man. Carl <laughs> Malone's 20 and 10 for 20 years, man. No doubt.
1: All right, very good. I'm with that. Love Carl Malone myself. Okay, Nuggets down, Jazz down. Where are we going? Okay, see, my favorite Oklahoma City Thunder is also. Uh, Seattle SuperSonics, boys and girls. Okay, let's let's, let's be very aware of that. Uh, I really wanted to take Gary Payton. Uh, I l- love the glove. Uh, I was so we can I, pick Sonics. Okay. Well, of course. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, I get it. Is, the same it franchise.
0: Is. Yeah, I get it.
1: Um, and and so I I would put Gary Payton there, but but honestly, I mean, my favorite. My favorite player from Oklahoma City slash Seattle is Kevin Durant. Man, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I love KD. Yeah. I, watching him play, I mean, he's again. I mean, he he's he is a guy that's never been before. When you go when you go with the length, including the handle, including the shooting that he has, he is an unprecedented player he in is. the league. Yes, and it is it's it's just an awesome thing to watch. Like it's an <laughs> unbelievable thing to watch him play basketball. And so I mean he's he's he is as built to do what he's doing as anyone's ever
0: been. And I also think that hurts him. Because I think it comes so easy to him. No matter what he does, you're like, "Well, of course he did." Right. He's a 6'11 point guard who can shoot threes. Of course he scores 40. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it, it becomes so easy to him that I think it hurts him. I love it, though. I love Kevin Durant. Yeah. One of the most fascinating parts about contemporary NBA over the last 10, 12 years is the different iterations guys have in their careers. There's different versions of guys no, now. No doubt. Like, Malone, you knew what you were getting from start to finish in his whole career. Even Vince, Al- Vince Carter's been five different players. Like, even Allen Iverson, like you knew what you were getting from start to finish. No different personas. My favorite Oklahoma City Thunder slash Seattle Supersonic is Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook got drunk on himself. When Russell Westbrook started chasing triple doubles, it was fun at first, and then it became sort of exhausting because it it, it muddled the beauty of, of the game. Westbrook is at his best because he's the most tightly wound high motor guy maybe maybe ever in the league i mean that's the one thing like whenever people hate on westbrook i don't love a lot of his shot selection i don't love a lot of his erratic nature but you can every anybody that ever says nba players don't play hard <laughs> go watch russell westbrook man you talk about the price of admission the dude can't go anything but 110% that i love I, I do think that as he's evolved into this true superstar it's muddled the beauty of what he was when he was just this just take him out of the cage and unleash him. I mean, he was the Tasmanian Devil when it was first in its first iteration. There, there was no one more fun to watch because he would he he eviscerated you with how hard he would go. He yeah. still does, but people know how to prepare for it a little bit more. Straight out the gates, like his first couple years in the league, second no, to none no, in no terms chance. of how of, of how hard he plays. Yeah.
1: Okay. Next, where are we going? Portland. My favorite Portland Trailblazer of all time, and I kinda I tried to not pick who I've picked, but I can't not pick. I mean, who I'm picking
0: you. You have
1: to, dude. Damian Lillard.
0: It's, it's absolutely Damian Lillard, dude. I, Dame oh, Dollar is one of the most likable dudes I, in the league in the last twenty
1: years. The only guy, though, and I feel bad because he's appeared on my list twice as the number two, and the high high is number she? two is Rashid Wallace, who's but, my second
0: but, favorite Piston. He's my second favorite Blazer. But his time in Portland was so jaded because those Portland teams were a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, that's They, true. they, they were good, not nearly as good as they should have been. Because they were all mixed up in all the wrong. But stuff. I
1: just love, I just love watching him play. Uh, no, Balls, I mean she, she,
0: is is so fun to watch.
1: Damian Lillard, Rookie of the Year, was an All Star. His second season in the league, All NBA season number four, first, second team All NBA first team two years ago. Yeah, went yeah. to the. Did you remember this? They went to the Western Conference Finals. Absolutely. Last year, for sure. And so you know, when I sit here and think about Damian Lillard and all the comments about you know we better have you know an honest chance to come back and now that there's been a delay and everybody's going to be healthy, we can beat everybody. I mean, I'm more and more on board with them. Now they're going to have to do it as an eight seed if they're going to do it at all. And it's already a horse race to even get into the dance. But, uh, and which means, you know, you're playing Los Angeles, not ideal, but I, I, I'll put it like this. If, the Blazers get in. That is the worst of worst draws for the Lakers, though I expect the Lakers to beat the Blazers. 100%. But it ain't an eight seed they're playing. Exactly. You know they're playing a four seed at worst. Exactly. And that is that's difficult, man. That's right. difficult to overcome. But uh, Damian Lillard, man, the way that he goes about it, obviously the ties to the Big Sky Conference, this ties to the small towns, the ties to the you know the underdog at some level. I mean, I realize he's was he's a sixth overall pick in the draft. Six. Yep. Uh, so I mean, it's not as if he's an underdog there, but yet no one. If you're if you're the first overall pick in the, in any draft and you do what Damian Lillard is doing it is considered an overwhelming success. Sure. And story. so he's he's exceeding every expectation that he's ever had and he does it with such charisma. I mean, the walk-off 38-foot bomb and the wave. I mean, are you kidding me? It's fall-out-of-your-seat ridiculous. And it's it's great. It's it's awesome. For, so, love, love Damian Lillard, I man. I mean,
0: Lillard's my guy, too. I mean, yeah. as Big Sky Conference guys, it's, it's definitely the low-hanging fruit, no doubt. But when you really put it in perspective, I mean, this guy's from the Big Sky Conference, and he's a first-team All-NBA player. That's unbelievable, yes. man. It's unbelievable. But also, I still think that somehow, someway, because he's in this Outpost in Portland, he's still underrated. He's mm-hmm. not underrated by his peers. He's not underrated by the NBA media. He's underrated on the national level, though. When the pugnants and the prognosticators are sitting there listing to their top 10 guys, he almost always is barely getting in. Whereas, like, dude, the dude is first team all NBA two out of the last three years. He's a top five player. Yeah, and that's when, when you talk about the Lakers' draw, I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I'd rather play the Thunder. I'd rather play the Mavs. I'd rather play absolutely anybody because he is the dude. You don't know. Like if Lillard gets smoking, he could just drop fifty five on you, and you. Could, I mean, you, yeah. you could he could win a series for you. He really could. He's that good.
1: Uh, last one to tell me one is one of two ninety ESPN Radio. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. There is again only there's one no one answer. answer.
0: There's only one answer, this, and it's it's Kevin Garnett. KG
1: was there for for 12 years. Yep. Yeah. He's he, my second favorite player in NBA history. He also too got buried in Minnesota where everybody knew that he was great. Everybody knew how what a special player he was. But you didn't see the night in night out ferocity, competitiveness and an unbelievable skill yeah that Kevin Garnett brought to the fore because he he was on TV only so often. But here's something for you. Ready for this, Coulter? Yep. The Timberwolves went to the playoffs eight times in a row, eight consecutive seasons with Kevin Garnett there. They went again in 2018. That is the only time, two years ago, that they've ever gone to the postseason when Kevin Garnett was not on the team, I mean, he is the franchise in so very many ways, and what, Defensive Player of the Year and everything that he brought, and 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 for for a guy to have that level of of drive, yeah. Period. Right now, yep. when he's yep. doing interviews, he is as I'm talking about administering interviews yeah, he, now, post career, post playing career, he is as
0: as light lit as you could possibly be it's on i love his intensity is almost disturbing a lot of love it really is the i i mentioned this earlier this week but from when jordan retired until then the rules changed and then we had kind of a changing of the guard and lebron left cleveland yeah that era is such an interesting era in the nba and i think a lot of times it's painted in a poor light and a lot of times there was a lot of dudes who had a ton of potential who didn't fulfill the potential. Mm-hmm. There were so many guys that came out of high school that did not live up to the billing. Right. There were so many dudes who got straight paid, and once they got paid, they were just terrible. I mean, think of a like, guy, guy like Gilbert Arenas. He gets his $100 million contract. He's nothing. Stephen Marbury. O- Stephen Marbury, it's over. Kevin Garnett, was the. he is the big ticket. He's the kid who created it. He created... The max contract. He broke the NDA. They had a lockout because of him. But what did he do? He Whatever straight. He, wanted he all straight. The time. Brought it every <laughs> yes, single night to stay in Minneapolis to do it like he did it and to be like that. I mean, so many dudes. They win the MVP, then they get their max contract. He got his max contract and then won the MVP yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. It's it's it's. To me, man, I know KG only had the one ring with the Celtics. I think I mean we're talking about power forward legacy. It, KG he, is on par with Carl Malone. And he's better than Charles Barkley's period. He is
1: uh, he is is an all timer And I also remember he was he's the first NBA player to get a hundred million dollar deal. Yep. And when you heard that over the Sports Center, the Airwaves, kid who came
0: out of high school got the hundred million dollar deal.
1: It it like now you go well you know it's the infamous, every every eleventh guy is making a hundred million dollars. It's the,
0: it's the it's the infamous cover the 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 mesh almost black and white with him holding the ball. Yeah. And it says the kid became the big ticket. That amount of hype that he got and then he navigated it, but not only navigated, he brought it every single night yeah. after that. I, man, Kevin Garnett and Malone, <laughs> worth Malone, worth the price of admission, man. That's what it should be. All these guys trying to load manage, get out of here, play.
1: It's Tito Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, we're going to talk briefly about rules and regulations as it pertains to uh, sports in the state of Montana, particularly high school baseball, and maybe we give you some scores as well. Do that right after this. Hey, it's the weekend. Here's what you don't want to do, okay? Spend a bunch of time picking up dog waste in your backyard. Am I right about this? Or your front yard or anywhere else? Or certainly out of your shoe? Well, we got the solution for you the montana pooper scoopers that's right montana pooper scoopers they are up for the job whether you have three great danes or just one chihuahua they service businesses and families in missoula and lolo prices that anyone can afford they offer one time you just gotta back up excuse the pun you get that? that's funny uh if you if you just need it for the once-off deal and they get them to come clean it up or you can have it done weekly. Okay, so go online, visit Montana Pooperscoopers.com. That's right, Montana Pooperscoopers.com and enjoy your extra free time. Right now, mention this ad $25 off your initial services.
3: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: Gus Tutel and Nuanez, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Glad to be with you on a Friday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter as well. Follow along at your leisure. It is time now for our Prep Extra segment. The Prep Extra segment is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Download the MyCard app from the Farmer State Bank. and Then you can send money using Zelle. And guess what? For this month and next through the end of July, every time you use that app and send $5 or more on Zelle, you will receive an entry. Every single time, you can get as many entries as you want. July 31st, picking a winner, that winner, getting $5,000 from Farmer State Bank. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Coulter, a couple of interesting things here uh, going on as we continue to try and figure out, you know, people talk about this new, new normal It was it pertains to you know coronavirus COVID etc and the thing that I think is is worth noting is for as little as we've been impacted in Montana I think that part of the reason significantly the reason that that hasn't happened obviously the number of people in the state and the rural nature of it and all that but also you know, we took precautions before there was a bunch Certainly. of cases. Uh, you know, in in our, in our state, and have been fortunate to have that continue to be the case. Um,
0: and, and it all goes back to—I mean, I have so many of my friends I went to college with here. They all moved to—I mean, you know, the the hubs of the northwest: Denver, Portland, Seattle. You go get a good job, okay? But I've I've heard so often well, what do you guys do in Montana? Is, I, there's nothing to do. That's the whole thing about the coronavirus, though, is right. Is <laughs> like, w- we we don't need to do all the the city things. What do you do? <laughs> you just go outside, figure it out. There's yeah. all the ten million things you can do when you walk outside your door. It doesn't have to do with public establishments. It, it, That's why we were able to flatten the curve so
1: fast. Exactly. But I guess the thing is, is that uh, you know, as things have started to open up. Because we didn't have, I think, a huge influx, it's felt a lot like sort of a return to normalcy, which is great. And I'm glad that that is happening. But also the return to normalcy is going to come with and I think should come with precautions that are just the case, like going to. Going to the grocery store with a mask on, I realize it's not required, but there, but a lot of people are doing it. I think they're reasonable to do that, and I don't think that's going to change for a long time. Separation in the, you know, when you're standing in line at places, you know, where you're picking stuff up or dropping stuff off and things like that, where you're six feet apart and the 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 barriers, the 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 plastic, you know, liners in front of everything. That's all that's all here to stay for the time being and I think we could just get used to it. And by the way, it doesn't seem to me like that's that that big a deal. It's not some huge inconvenience in any case. There this is going to apply to sports as well. Tell the people kind of what's going on in terms of some of the things uh, that are that are happening especially doubleheaders with what was Legion Baseball now State of Montana Baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean there's there's a big Legion tournament going on in Missoula this week and Jordan Hansen the Missoulian mm-hmm tweeted uh, earlier today. He said, now we have new procedures here in between games. Everybody will have to clear out. They will wipe down the stands. Everybody has to use hand hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. before they sit down in the stands. And the sheriff is going to be patrolling to make sure that people are social distancing and various different things. And I think, I mean, it's smart because Legion has some of the most, um, I don't want to say liberal because I don't want to politicize this thing. But Legion Baseball in Montana is back more than almost any other live sporting event anywhere in the country is back. Mm -hmm. But they do have limitations. I think it's 450 people can go to the games. But being safe, I mean, that's the thing that's just driven me so crazy. We've talked about the uncertainty. That's part of it. why this is weighing on all of us so much. Mm -hmm. But also just the fact that we need to get into some sort of political argument about all this stuff. It's like most of the medical experts that we've talked to, that we've listened to, that we've heard from, they all say, if we take this thing too seriously, what's the downside of that? Whereas if we take this thing not serious enough, well, that's a pretty definitive bad downside. Right. I I was talking to a couple of doctors that were that are friends with my mom the other day, and they were saying, like, hey, just wear your mask when you go to the grocery store. It's not a big deal. It right. takes you seventeen minutes. It's fine. It's not some symbol of oppression. <laughs> I, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to politicize this right. thing but again, the, the all I keep reminding myself because I do see all of the angles and all of the mm-hmm. the inundation of information that we're getting. But again, if you take it too seriously, there is not that bad of side effects. Whereas if you don't take it serious right. enough, that's bad. But all I'm saying is that Legion baseball is something that we should be very excited that we're able to have in yeah. Montana. But it's just like with all other sports; it's like we've talked about with college football. I think we're going to have college football games in Missoula and Bozeman this fall. Mm-hmm. But if there's a huge outbreak of coronavirus, change. that's going to change pretty quick. Yes. So we have to just if we, if we want to have the things that we love and savor. I mean, you were saying with the the PGA event that's going on this weekend. Didn't somebody at the PGA event? Yeah, I, I heard that secondhand. I've not confirmed it. Well, sure. So. Regardless, when we get so excited about having something return, well, then as soon as that return causes yeah. another spread of another the virus, we, we have to, we have to just continue to take heed.
1: Just uh, be cautious. All right. So anyway, they will. You'll be washing your hands when you go to the games, and they'll be washing stuff down between games. But again, that I mean,
0: that's a good development, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, regardless of if there's a pandemic or not. Okay, you have to just get up out of your seat and clean the seats. It's all good. Wash your hands. It's fine. Need to stand up and stretch it out. Anyways. That's right. That's
1: right. Uh, there you go. That is our Farmer State Bank Prep Extra segment. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Quick break on the other side. Allison Lawrence the head volleyball coach at the University of Montana, joined us via Zoom, had a great conversation with her. We will bring that to you right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris, they are at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula Highway 83 in Seeley. The weather, it is warming up, and it is time to get outside. You can go dirt biking with Husk Varna and Beta Dirt Bikes, top of the line at Kurtz Polaris. You can also get your side-by-side, go get worked on, have fun, the Rangers, the Generals, the Razors, best four-wheelers around. And also, you want to go floating around on the lake, How about a pontoon boat, specifically a crest pontoon boat? They are at Kurtz Polaris as well. Go online, kurtzpolaris.com, and enjoy summer the way it was meant to be.
3: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: Missoula, it matters to us. Ryan Toutel and Coulter Nuanez on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Tutel and Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Happy Friday to you. Coulter and I had the uh, pleasure of Speaking with the head coach at the University of Montana of the volleyball team, Allison Lawrence, yesterday we uh, did a via Zoom call and want to bring that conversation to you now. Please enjoy. Montana head coach, Allison Lawrence. We are happy to be joined now by the head volleyball coach at the University of Montana, Allison Lawrence of via Zoom. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. How are you?
2: Thank you guys for having me. I'm great. Um, Yeah, excited to be here. Well,
1: we're happy to have you on, and let's talk about this season that's upcoming. You know, you have a, a, a major schedule, sort of in your non-conference with, I believe it, Oregon State, your alma mater, and then uh, Gonzaga back to back. And what what is when you schedule, you know, big time opponents like that? What does that do for your off season in terms of preparation when you can circle those on the calendar and go, "Hey, ladies, this is what we got coming. Let's let's rock and roll."
2: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a really important sort of goal to have in front of us to, you know, use preseason to prepare obviously for conference, um, get some wins under our belt and play some teams, you know, of varying strengths and, but also to set the bar high and play some teams that have histories of success. I mean, Oregon State is kind of up and down in the Pac-12, but they play in the Pac-12. So that is um, a brand of volleyball that's really exciting. And I think part of what makes it so exciting for teams like that to come here is that our fans get to see what volleyball looks like um, kind of on the biggest stage. So I think that's that's a really good reward um, from building a tournament like that. And then, you know, Gonzaga is kind of a regional rival for us too, so we played them in my three, well, this will be my fourth season. So we will have played them three out of the four preseasons. Um, I believe, yeah, it all kind of blends together, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so I think those things are really important. And like you said, it's a motivator and it's a gauge of where we're at. I think, yeah, first weekend out of the gate is, is especially stressful in a good way.
0: Long time since Montana opened at home. So, I mean, does that provide any extra element, the fact that you do get to start your season in Missoula?
2: Oh, for sure. And, you know, with school, with the semester starting now a week and a half-ish early, um, before it would have been not quite in session yet. School wouldn't have started. And now we're fully in the semester. So to have kids and students on campus um, and to just – yeah, right out the gate, sort of get measured against some of the best will be really fun, Um, and I think add a sense of urgency to preseason that that is really productive.
0: The preseason is going to be so interesting compared to then what the conference schedule is. I know this is going to be an anomalous and completely atypical year when it comes to the big sky, but uh, this year, because of the way that they've adjusted travel and they want to make sure it's affordable and safe for everybody – you guys are going to play Montana State three times. You're going to play you – know, every weekend it's going to be Idaho State a couple times. Weaver State a couple times. So Utah a couple times. I mean, what's? It's obviously so much different, but how? I mean, how do you get your team prepared for that? Do you think there's an element of maybe saving some time on the scouts and things like that because you're going to be able to play the same opponent multiple times in a weekend?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, rather than spending so much time, like you said, on the on the scout going into the first match, the live scouting and the response from that first match on a Friday night prepping for Saturday will be way more important. And so it'll be a new balance for us. Um, We put a lot of time and effort into our scouting. It's really thorough and um, our staff feels really prepared going into each match and how we prepare for night two, especially just with no rest day in between, Um, will demand a lot of kind of adaptability for our staff, but also for our players, I think, I think there's a misconception that volleyball can just be played night after night. These five-set matches, night after night, um, and it's it's a rigorous sport and it's hard on your body. And so, um, you know, without that rest day, you're going to see some differences in performance or some depth needing to be brought in um, and utilized in rosters that, you know, if you had a rest day, maybe you wouldn't. So, I think that's exciting and it's just a challenge to as a coach figure out how to put all your pieces in place and be at your strongest when you're needed to. So
1: Allison Lawrence joining us, she's the head coach of the Montana volleyball team and Allison you've been at Montana since uh, I think 2010 but now just heading into your fourth season as the head coach and when you took over the program as the head coach it was you know it hadn't been going very well at Montana in terms of wins and losses but since that time, you've gotten really young. I think eight freshmen last year and six more this year, with some mm-hmm. really good young players. You've made the conference tournament each of the last two years, which hadn't happened in a little while. So, what has it taken to get this program going in the right direction, both on the off on the floor and culturally?
2: Yeah, I think the cultural piece is is uh, the most interesting one, and probably, um, yeah, just the the, the deepest sort of, um, closest to my heart change, I guess that we've been going through. And sometimes that's hard to put words to, um, because so much of that happens sort of just within our group and behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, you know, and I was a part of the program through all of the ups and downs prior to being named head coach. So I had a hand in what was going on before as well. And, um, you know, I think there were some, some cultural pieces missing as far as um, really just a lot of buy-in. And that's an easy word to kind of throw out there. You know, coaches talk about buy-in all the time. Um, But we had a real, we had a real sense that um, players were here to get playing time first. And that was kind of it. And then sort of do things the way they wanted other than that. And so the cultural overhaul really had to do with creating an identity around putting the team and the team's success at the center of what we're doing and you know that that's again easy to say but to do that required so many small kind of incremental shifts in the direction we were going and some real big backward steps too where we'd fall flat from trying something or a player would say hey I'm out of here this is too hard or this is too different um, and we'd take a step back and then we'd kind of lurch forward. And so it's kind of felt like we've been crawling through that sometimes, sometimes we break through and then sometimes we're kind of slapped back in the face. So I think, you know, a lot of what our, what we measure ourselves by, ourselves by and kind of what our success has been has largely been not as visible in the traditional ways, on the scoreboard sometimes, or, um, you know, ways that we typically measure a team's success, which is wins and losses, um, and individual statistics, maybe. So getting players on, you know, all conference and all like that. But I think those things have been changing. Um, And then just the attitude, the mindset, the culture within the locker room, within practice, and how we kind of care for our program, to me, has been transformed. So that's been really fun. But, yeah. <laughs> how, how much, though,
1: do you, would you think, having been here before, that you got to see all of that sort of up close, and then you kind of have an idea, right, when you, when it comes your turn and you get to be the head coach, you know the things already that you say, okay, this is what needs to happen because yeah. I've been here and I've seen it and I, this is what I want to do.
2: Yeah, I think that was a strength for me in, you know, in applying for the job and and in the interview process of being able to really diagnose the places where we were falling short um, and, you know, some toxicity that was going on that was really holding us back and making us thin and having kids transfer out and things like that. And so um, diagnosing the problem is one thing and then making sure, you know, you're, you set in your beliefs and how to change it are another thing and that was a learning process for me too. I knew the direction I wanted and then you've got to stay true to it because it takes a long time and there's moments where you're going to feel like it's not working but because it's so slow and incremental so that was a learning process for me especially my first year when you just think hey I know what to do let's go do it and you expect results so quickly I think we're really in a results driven industry and we want quick fixes um so being patient and being true to what we set out to do was was really important and humbling too you just you got to put your head down and keep going um but yeah you're right i felt like being a part of it made me um uniquely able to kind of address what our next steps needed to be
0: or the big site conference like we do cover the university of montana like we do one conversation we have with several of the coaches at Montana is the challenges that Montana faces in the big sky. The challenges in football, basketball are distinctly different because you look at the football team, all the tradition. I mean, their biggest challenge is basically living up to their own legacy, right? It's the same thing with women's basketball. And with men's basketball, now it's their biggest challenge is the targets on their back. They are number one. They have been number one. How do you manage that? For a, a program that's at a prestigious university, prestigious athletic department, but that is in the middle of a rebuild, what do you think Montana volleyball's biggest challenge is in the big sky?
2: Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, and to me, our biggest challenge is to foster an environment where our athletes want to do something that's never been done here in a sustained way. And you know, you're asking a 19 year old to come in here and really understand what that means and understand what that commitment means. And that's a, that's a large task, that's a large ask. And so it requires a ton of co- tough conversations. Um, it requires our staff to set the bar that high, but also meet our players where they are and try to fill that gap of, okay, this is how we do this thing that's so new to all of us. You know, I haven't done that here either. So we're kind of creating that together. Um, And part of those breakthroughs and stepping closer to that are so exciting and feel so new, but you have, yeah, you have the fact that it feels new every day and it feels like it has to get better every day. And there's a there's a a weight to that, that you can get bogged down under, I think, sometimes. Um, So just trying to get our athletes to really um, join us in that pursuit has been such a great joy and reward, and also just a test of how we communicate, passion for that, Um, you know, what our vision is and making it their vision. So, um, you know, and there's some other volleyball kind of, Ask, there's there's other things about volleyball in montana that i think um you know as the sport evolves in our state kind of go hand in hand with how this thing gets momentum so uh yeah it's not just in our program it's kind of you know for us and montana state and just volleyball in our state those things are building and getting bigger so
1: allison Lawrence, Lawrence joining us the head volleyball coach at montana
0: I mean, that is an interesting element, right? I mean, Bobby, how can recruit half his team from the state of Montana and get guys that are all big guy caliber guys? You're not going to probably recruit a ton of girls from, from Montana. But what do you think of just the overall talent in Montana? Because it seems like club volleyball and development year-round has, has gained some traction, and we've seen some some pretty high-level uh, young ladies come out of Montana in the last you know, decade or so. You know, Taylor Mims going to Washington State, and, and there's been some, some good players. But, I mean, overall, what do you think of just the landscape of uh, your recruiting base in-state?
2: Yeah, no, it's um, it's getting really exciting because there there are more and more players coming out of the state that are impact players at our level, and us in Montana State are fighting it out to keep those players, <laughs> you know, at home. Um, but that's been frustrating. I think the the still the perception for young players in our state is if you want to go play at the highest level and you want to go, you know, have a championship volleyball experience, you go out of state, you go to Washington State, you go to Utah, you go to Arizona State, you know, these are um, you go do that, whether you're going to play or not, you know, some of those players, like you mentioned, Taylor Mims is, you know, she's an international superstar. She's done things on the big stage, and that's where she belongs, um, and then there's been other players go join big rosters and big programs that haven't really contributed. So changing the narrative a little bit to say, hey, you could you could stay home, play in front of your home state and like put this thing on your back and make this place great. And, um, you know, I think Rob Selvig and the Lady Grizz really spoke to that narrative really well and built a culture around, you know, you, you, you grow up and you wanna play for Montana and same with football and basketball too. Um, and I think that that piece is kind of missing from the volleyball culture as kids grow up here, and I think that is shifting, like you said, but it's, it's a piece that makes some obstacles with recruiting in state, um, but it's changing. It's changing quickly with how many kids are playing club, so...
1: Allison, you used the word toxicity earlier. That is one of the great records by System of a Down. I don't know <laughs> if you're into if you're into the hardcore metal like I am, but God bless you for saying it because it brought <laughs> more memories to me. Uh,
2: um, I'm not a big System of a Down person. I mean, I know I know who they are. I wouldn't say that I'm a frequent listener. Um,
1: I'll but listen, I'm, I'll share this with you. If you help me out, I understand you're a big podcast listener. Mm-hmm. And so if you could give me maybe a, a recommendation of uh of where I could go after I'm done re listening to the Two tell Nijuanas podcast, of course, <laughs> where I would go and what I could listen to in the podcast world.
2: Oh my gosh. Um
1: do you like the crime ones? Like, so a lot of people are into these, like, r- true crime podcasts and stuff like that, I understand is a big deal. There's also, like, health and, like, work and, you know, running stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not anti crime ones. I just haven't, I just haven't really gotten into it. I wasn't a serial, which kind of, you know, I think the first.
1: Yeah, serial.
2: Of a crime solving, you know, had that structure to it. Um, but I really loved the third serial talking about the justice system, um, in general, but specifically in Cleveland or in Ohio. Um, anyway, that was really good. Um, I've binged Renee Brown's podcast recently. She's had some really good guests on there and I think does a really good job interviewing. Um, I think, um, Michael Gervais is a good one. He, he does finding mastery and he, he interviews a lot of high level coaches um, and people in the sports world. And um, yeah, the podcasts for me are a place where that kind of gets my, my brain thinking a little bit differently about the program. So it's pretty work related. And um, I find that I, when I'm running and listening, I can kind of kill two birds with one stone, get right. some creative thinking done, get some exercise and feel like kind of recharge to bring some new ideas back to my desk and get out of my desk for a little bit. <laughs> so that
1: seems like a, a great system actually. Yeah. <laughs> that,
2: that's um, but yeah, but. but the okay, one more. Okay. Um, WTF by Mark Marin um Oh yes. And, you know, I love that one and I find him hilarious and it's a lot of like BSing on there um but he does such a good job to sort of get guests to relax and say new things I think they've never really said and it's just so conversational and and he's hilarious so um I recommend that one too
1: it's so funny that Mark Marin was like maybe like a b-list kind of comedian <laughs> actor and now he is like in this pot like if you are into the podcast he is <laughs> he's bigger than everybody you know he's know. like unbelievable so yeah that's yeah. awesome <laughs> well allison we appreciate your time we're excited about this season and the direction of the program again a great young core of of players that's uh, exciting and some great transfers as well boys and girls sports are coming back and as soon as you can you got to get in and watch the university of montana volleyball team do what they do because they are uh, they're they're coming right now allison thank you so much
2: thank you guys i love your show thanks for what you do and thanks for having me on seriously
1: Anytime. Anytime. Seriously. That was awesome. It was great to talk with Coach Lawrence. We really appreciate her doing it. We're late as usual. What's new? Nothing whatsoever. Part two with Robert Chase of the Trail 1033 right after this.